Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. those are i guess opposing markets although somehow in that network they're the same yeah pff, uh, the usual pc confusion <laughs> insert yes podcast episode whatever here like usual hasn't PC changed confusion. <laughs> I, I think the warner the warner brothers discovery uh, merger i think is also like it now that it's done there there's all kinds of extra you know corporate overlord dis, dis, uh, decision making happening no, Nat Geo is part of Disney. I started to ask. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my brands confused. So I guess we're seeing a, a return to a conglomeration here. Yeah, in a big way. Same as it ever was. <laughs> yeah. On the video game front, too, like uh, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard uh, a month or two ago, and mm-hmm. Sony's gobbling up uh, studios as well, like Bungie Studios. So, like, there's a lot of consolidation everywhere. I think the mega corps are back. I wonder if economics is driving that or, um, backlash to <laughs> employee practices and in some ways they're just cutting and running. Maybe a little bit of both. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if there's a cross pressure there. And, and I mean, at the, the, I think a lot of these big already existing big companies like your Microsoft already had billions in the bank. Their billions are getting worth less by the day with the economic conditions right now. And the, everything I'm hearing and reading is like, well, they're just like, well, we might as well spend some money right now before it gets worth a lot less, no matter where you, no matter what little hidey hole you find in the, in the, you know, world and whatever bank or whatever corporate tax evasion structure of your preference, it's, you know, it's, it's a good time to spend money before it, it's worth generally less. So they're cutting deals. Yeah, that's why that's that's why like every other ad you see is why you should put money in real estate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to own land and buy gold. The just wait for the boomer, the boomer, another round of boomer uh, buy gold, get them coins, son. Uh, stuff before major economic issues. See, th- this is just a branding problem. It needs to be gold, the original Dogecoin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've heard of Dogecoin? How about Goldcoin? <laughs> Try that. I'm surprised it hasn't been a cringe ad like that yet. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> We're joking, but only because we haven't. Well, it's going to come to pass. The NFT rage from last year was so indicative of late stage capitalism because it's like we, we're literally trying to sell you things that aren't things now. That's where that's where we've arrived. It's only one person that can ever have this JPEG. Let's uh, set aside the... Uh... <laughs> Motherfucker, do you own a laptop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the decades of right-click save as. Uh, and, you know, nobody at me. I, I know how blockchain works. Just... Uh, <laughs> poorly. The same thing. <laughs> yes, also poorly. Yes. So it's all a multi-level marketing scheme, pyramid scheme, whatever. These are strange times we're living in. Believe me, I was just telling my brother the other day, I'm getting pretty tired of living in interesting times. Can we just get things to be just a little less interesting for a while? 
Do you think Venom is over? Venom said? Denim, yes. Oh, Denim. <laughs> uh, v- Venom never started. We'll, we'll come back to that. Ve- Venom 3 just uh, just announced at CinemaCon this past week. The, Ven- the Venoming? <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there, there's, uh, as far as Denim goes, there's the... Uh, there's the 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 niche denim community, the the selvage, the premium Japanese. Don't ever wash your jeans, store them in the freezer, people. But as a as a staple, I don't know. It's probably it's probably like leveled out to whatever it's going to be, right? Well, I had the thought I should probably buy clothes. It it, it a bit a minute, <laughs> and I'm looking around and I don't see men wearing jeans anymore. Uh. And girls are wearing their mom's jeans 20 years ago, as far as I can tell. Yep. Which makes me wonder, is denim done? I mean, he had a nice run. <laughs> <laughs> Levi's over 100 years old. Now, with the new denim coin that they're going to release. <laughs> 505 coin. <laughs> you can authenticate your jeans so they are unique to you. Before or after putting them in the freezer? <laughs> Well, you know, your digital wallet could be considered a freezer. Um, I, that, that was a super weird question, but it was on my mind. No, I mean, with the, the whole work from home, I mean, if, you, if you're un, if you find denim uncomfortable, why bother? <laughs> well, see, that was the thing. I don't think denim is uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I Man. even though I work from home, I I sit in a pair of jeans pretty much every day. So now, I will be fair. Joggers more comfortable still. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 as you said, it's been very interesting times for a while now. I guess I'm curious to see what does and doesn't come back over the next two years. Yeah. And the supply chain in general, like, there's been so much disruption. I don't think anyone knows what a normal level of demand for anything is. So, yeah, the next two years, maybe once things settle out, we'll see where we, where we sit. But on a more normal pop culture note, we've both seen Spider-Man 3 now. Yes. Wow. Did you... How did you see it, finally? Did, did you brave um, the uh, the wild, vast expanse of Texas where COVID is just apparently no longer a thing? Or did you, like, buy it for the home? Turns out COVID's still, still a thing. <laughs> what? I just uh, I purchased it for the home uh, when it was uh, available, and I had time to watch it. Uh, so yeah, just streamed it uh, wherever I rented it from, or I guess you couldn't rent it; you had to like buy it digitally or whatever. Somewhere, Ridley Scott single tear going down his face. Yeah, I didn't watch it on my phone. If that helps those people, <laughs> <laughs> watched it on a on a large screen television, which I am privileged to own. Yeah, it was it was a blast. Like, uh, couldn't believe how they. I feel like they nailed it. They like. It was almost like a milestone for Spider-Man as a franchise overall, what they managed to accomplish with that movie, in terms of uh, the movie franchises, I should say. It's it's not just the best Spider-Man movie, it's the best Spider-Man movie across three iterations of the character. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like that is... You want to put a capstone on... <laughs> You know, all of the, the films. Want to bring the glass down dunk for Marvel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much of it was spoiled for you by waiting that long? I mean, I knew the other Spider-Men were going to show up. 
But I mean, I kind of already knew that before the movie even premiered because like people were like analyzing the trailers and you see like the the villains jump over the the what turned out to be the Statue of Liberty scaffolding at the end. And you see like one villain, their head kind of turn like they got hit, but there was nothing there. It's like clearly they've edited out something. And it's <laughs> if all the if all the villains are going to gather together, you logically think the Spider-Men of other universes would show up. Um so I kind of knew it without like seeing any explicit footage or anybody like saying, "Oh, in at our you know this time marker when the X when Tobey Maguire shows up." I didn't I didn't know that. I knew Charlie Cox would show up as as Matt Murdock, but not in what capacity at all. And honestly, I didn't know anything about Aunt May at all about how what was going to happen with her. I didn't know kind of the resolution of how everything would end up at the end. I didn't know any of that really like Tom Holland's Peter Parker his journey was mostly unspoiled for me they they realized one more day down to a crowd pleasing reboot <laughs> yeah 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 and it's, it's an absolute triumph on like so many different levels I was I mean I, I knew that you know the spider force thing was going to happen but I was curious if, if McGuire would show mm-hmm he is apparently a notorious dickhead. Really? Within Hollywood circles, yeah. Wow. And like everyone's got like a I fucked Toby McGuire story apparently. Wow. <laughs> Which is why he's that. kind of disappeared from the consciousness, yeah. I think that was actually one of the driving things for his the uh, the second reboot as much as anything. Huh. But, well, I mean, uh, he, he did it. He it was like he was just putting on old shoes like he was Peter Parker again like Andrew Garfield as well, to be honest. I mean, it was it was great seeing them back. There wasn't any of the baggage. I didn't feel like there was the baggage. Like there was, and like clearly as a fan, and I've seen those other movies. Like I knew there was baggage that the story needed to tell, but they their portrayal of the character didn't feel like they were like I don't know too too burdened with the other stuff. Like it it was addressed. They were talked about it. They mentioned the things, but they didn't. It wasn't so heavy. Everyone in this movie was either as good or better than they have been. Yeah. Def- Defoe's Goblin really oh stood out. Wow. They're like, well, we want to do Green Goblin again, but man, William Defoe is really good. Uh, well, let's just use him as Green Goblin again. And not a new, not a not a multiversal copy in the MCU. Let's just go get that Green Goblin and put him over here. And just crank it up to 11. Yeah. Sam Raimi's films, even in the moment, there was definitely a conscious decision to make sure they, they a five-year-old could watch it. Um, whereas Marvel, being now, especially now since they they're, they're post Disney acquisition, they really there's a their, their thing is age seven to seventy-seven, yeah. so still all ages, but not necessarily targeted at, at the young audience, which really allowed them to to let him be as terrifying as he can and. Defoe's always had that. Yeah. But it was it like the intensity when they when when they he finally like the spider sense triggered and like the 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 Norman Osborn kind old man disappeared and the Green Goblin appeared. And that whole fight that they had in the in the apartment complex or whatever, like that was intense. Like I feel like the movie turned a page there and I was not expecting that. And it was I mean, it was awesome and and tragic and terrifying and all that. Like, I just wow, I needed to be. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is what Green Goblin is supposed to be, right? Like, this is the 
terrifying villain that you know spider-man should be fighting like this kind of this kind of thing that's what if you want to bring green goblin this is what you should do uh he's he's got super strength they're blowing each other through walls and you know balconies <laughs> that's just crazy yeah marvel in general um not just these spider-man movies that they're really good at um showing the stakes yeah like it, if someone gets their ass kicked they they get their ass kicked yeah and when it comes I, to like this, oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i think that's important too if you're gonna tell an adventure story should you know show you know don't otherwise you're just glorifying violence yeah yeah i feel like they really excel at this level of superheroism too like the captain america like enhanced human like when it gets to be like uh captain marvel level you get the cgi fest stuff but when you're at this level where like you know captain america runs faster and black panther does too like faster than a human but not like the flash or quicksilver speed and you also get them be able to punch through a wall or like bucky can kind of like hurl the, the thing over a balcony into another building and then jump after or whatever they just i feel like they they nailed that like power set like how to describe it how to show it to you in an action scene better than anyone it very seldomly feels false they, they, yeah. There are some missteps. I do remember when Cap held a helicopter in place. That wasn't okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that, that... So, he was doing so that they're, for they're not, America. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they're not batting a thousand, but they are pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, May's send off was was really well done, and, and I part of a, that masterful soft reboot I was kind of alluding to earlier. Can't believe that they they did that. Also, like they mapped the things you expect Spider-Man to go through and you kind of assume they glossed over those because everyone's seen it a million times. So maybe it's not so interesting, but no, it needs to happen. They just, you know, this Peter had his own way of going through it. Uh, I just unbelievable like that too, like from a storytelling perspective, like I can't believe they, they did that. I can't believe they put him like where you expect Spider-Man to be at the end of this movie. <laughs> and then he's already gone through so much. But he's he's so young, so like he's right where you expect Spider Man to be in a destitute apartment sewing his own costume uh at the end with going through tragedies that every Spider Man goes through to, to kind of form them. Giving uh, up the girl. Yeah. And and really like her. the Yeah, and the the whole process of like him grappling with whether to help the villains or not, like I think also like at least on a second viewing, because I've I've seen it a couple of times now, kind of is a interesting kind of point to make of like, well, he, he doesn't have the, no, 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 he hasn't had the uncle Ben moment to solidify his principles yet. And you, you kind of see that. And then Aunt May is the one that does it for him in, in this universe. Right. And it's like, Oh, okay. He wasn't really there yet. He wasn't, he wasn't Spider-Man completely yet in a way uh, as a character, the way the other two had been in their true, you know, film series. Uh, just wow! Just they they map the whole thing. I I hope they do more. I hope Sony just can just stop screwing this up their own Spider-Man nonsense and let Marvel just keep making movies with Tom Holland. I'll go one further. I know there's certain parts of the uh, fandom that really want Miles. Oh yeah, sure. But if I were going to advise Kevin Feige and company in this. I hold Miles in reserve as long as possible. 
you've got a really good Peter Parker here, and at some point he will age out of the role, and they'll want to retire him. That's when you make the switch. That's your 20-year Spider-Man plan right there. Yeah. And then and maybe maybe throw Spider-Gwen in there somewhere, too. Yeah. If you can. I mentioned this a lot. When, when last we convened, I really think it would be uh, fun to let them M Stone suit up as her. Yeah, for sure. You know, before she's 40. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. We've got, you know, 50-plus-year-olds playing uh, all the other superheroes, so maybe it's not the... It won't be too bad. <laughs> Unless you want, like, her to be... 50's not 50 anymore, is what I'm discovering. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you haven't watched Picard yet, have you? Uh, not season two. I've seen season one, but not season two. Okay, all right, so you've seen enough to know. Um, Jerry Ryan, Carrie Ann Moss, locked in a battle for <laughs> women who should be, like... Or just, it's like, how are they still this attractive? <laughs> but crowned very much up for grabs. Um... Luckily, only wallow in the depression part of the story. Um, God, really fucking funny, also too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just MJ and Ned in particular, just yeah, and Doctor Strange. I mean, oh yeah, and, and it needed to be. I mean, it's got yeah. it doesn't have one Spider Man. It's got three. <laughs> yeah, so so many so many well thought out quips, but despite I think the most Spider Man part of it all, and because there's, there's a lot of Spider Man things going on in the Spider Man film is peter uh i guess there's peter three in this in this scenario <laughs> uh interceding on the green goblin's behalf yeah that very very powerful moment very appropriately um mm-hmm. character piece there too i just I, I think i'd also kind of forgotten how how good that casting was for those for those uh especially for that first go around with spider-man for sure. Um, but both both the Goblin and Alec were really well. Melina, that's who I was like trying yeah. to think of. As I was talking about my Alfred yeah. Melina, God, he's so good as Octavius. Yeah, and they used him well. Like he was the one villain that kind of turns. He's 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 the gray area villain that kind of helps. I don't know, kind of the whole process of. I feel like without him, kind of being in that gray area the whole like plausibility of turning the other villains good or saving them in some way maybe doesn't land as easily so like they just really did a good job of like having him be kind of the 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 wedge it's like thematically or story-wise that kind of like shows you like well maybe 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 because he was in spider-man 2 he was you know not a bad guy to start and i mean they're all not Mm -hmm. bad guys but they all kind of like have different paces at which they turn into the villain and they, they just really did a good job with uh with doc ock spider-man villains are very walter white yes in terms of flavor and this this film really does a good job explaining that and ultimately allowing them to, to redeem themselves when that became the plan now we're, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just stop these guys i'm gonna save them yeah i'm one of the things I really appreciated, because this is one of the more subtle things they did, was in much the same way that Thor Ragnarok is very subtly a Defenders movie, <laughs> this was a Sinister Six movie. Yes. We don't sell the six. One of them just apparently drinks the whole time in a bar. <laughs> but they, there were there were six of, of the classic villains there arrayed right yeah. against him. Yeah. I'm really curious where they take him next. I agree. Like I'm, I'm with you there. Like he, they, I don't know. They could go a lot of different ways, I guess. 
do we know if it'll be the same crew making it? Has it even been announced on their their twenty year plan? I don't think anything's been announced. Okay. The whole so I, you know, Morbius not the, not 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 the the box office uh, exploder that everyone uh, apparently was hoping. They're making a crazy. Uh, it movie. was a bomb. Yeah, sure, of some kind. <laughs> yeah. They're making a Craven movie. I just like I wonder if they like how much more does Sony need to get beat up? How much more battered and bruised at the box office before somebody comes like, "Hey, look, uh are you ready to talk about Spider-Man again now? Can we negotiate a new three-film deal or something cuz we made like it was the number one movie of all of 2021. It's one of the biggest box office Makers like the Ricky ever. Bobby thing, Kami Wharf being the best movie ever ever made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I wonder if they're taking their time thinking like some of these other projects are gonna like give them some kind of leverage or something. It's like I I mean, I suspect that what is what it is. But did they? I just don't get it. They're making movies from the villain. I for think the villain. Venom has been just enough of a uh, success for for them to continue to hold on to that fantasy. Unfortunately, and. Into the Spider Verse, pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it has Spider Man in it. <laughs> I mean, interesting. I, I'm just saying, you know, and like Venom has a Spider Man like character, sort of. Yeah. Uh, that one I still can't. I mean, I've seen. I saw the first Venom. I I don't understand how that's so popular. I I, I don't. But hey, if it is, it is. I mean, it's just not for me. Uh, but never seen it. It's just, it's also like, it feels like a, a comic book movie from 20 years ago. Like, you know, early 2000s era, not what we've been able to achieve. In, Everyone's uh, in black leather and just pissed off all the time. <laughs> well, you know, Venom's, you know, it's all CGI, so he's like gooey, but he looks like he's made of black gooey leather, I guess. And there's like antics and like, they do stupid physical comedy things because they're like two roommates living together that don't you know eddie brock and venom the symbiote that don't know they haven't found a mutual understanding it's just whatever i I can't say i'm surprised to hear that it's not very good yeah so it's like morbius and then craven it's like really really i mean making movies based on the villains I've rarely ever seen it work. I just finished watching Joker for the first time, uh, kind of hot on the heels of me watching the Batman. And uh, yeah, that's probably the, I mean, one of the few movies I can think of that's like well done from a, this is only a movie about a villain. I mean, they're rare to begin with, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think Sony's trying to like do that. I don't know if they're that rare anymore. Um, not that I want to concur in Sony in this idiotic endeavor, but Warner Brothers keeps doing it as well. I guess. I mean, we got two Suicide Squad movies. Yeah. And it's... you know, I don't even know what the hell I would term Birds of Prey. Yeah. I mean, Harley <laughs> Quinn, I guess, is a. It's the same kind of. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Harley centric stories like those are, are also an exception, but like DC seems to have cornered that in a way that Sony, I don't think understands how they work. And there's, there's an ensemble there each time, uh, Joker aside that I think, uh, 
changes the the whole vibe and the the out like the the goal of a movie like that where you can play the kind of the different villain characters off each other and they have like certain circumstances that puts them together and it's interesting versus like venom is by himself and he fights other symbiotes in the first movie and it's mostly I just like that's what a, he does in the second movie he does yes he does oh uh again God. you know carnage instead of some random dude symbiote from the symbiote planet in the first one oh and me. it's like mostly just a buddy comedy like you know but With i want the one the one buddy <laughs> wants to eat people and the other one doesn't like it's like it's like really this is it's it's 2022 folks like people are still into this <laughs> we've seen much better we've seen much better <laughs> any of the suicide squad joker you know take your pick i mean peacemaker arguably a villain in the suicide squad go watch that show like you can do you can do other things well i think this is a natural transition so let's just open up the batman yeah. um here's how i want to frame this ironically the batman speaks to what a dominant force in entertainment marvel studios is this fucking movie came out on march 4th <laughs> we're old enough we remember batman movies being year-long events right yeah but All they summer. were no they, they looked at the count and they were like okay there's a hole in between marvel films here <laughs> so yeah this is where we're going and i guess similarly i was really kind of surprised at the, the reception of this movie ariel i'm curious to see what you think of this i think it's underrated i i agree i mean I'll come out and say it. Although it felt slow at the beginning, it's a three-hour movie, so it. And it's I, the I, Oregon Trail. <laughs> yes, and it, it and I feel like to portray Gotham the way they needed to portray it, and to have it be this mystery thing, it probably needed to be a little long. Did it need to be three hours? I, I don't know, but like, I I loved it. I I just it felt like a Batman detective style story, although the merits of how well good of a detective he is could be up for debate, but like in the movie, but uh, it was great. Like, I think, yeah, I think people underrate it. Like some, a lot of, I've seen a lot of complaining, at least on social media from the usual people that, you know, talk about these movies. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, I loved it. I loved how angry he was. I loved how angry the Batmobile is as a physical object. I, I, I love the evolution of the character. Like Batman actually like, grew as a person in this one find me another batman movie where that happens clearly that's not an animated series one uh, right uh it, it hasn't it's it's unprecedented in that regard and one of the reasons i think it's underrated I, i'm curious to it for you to, to go to go into this deeper in a moment with the idea of your what you write on social media because i got two takeaways second best batman movie ever and my god robert and zoe are hot <laughs> and I guess both these things are true, but how incredibly reductive. Yeah. Mostly, uh, journey with me in your mind, if you will, back to 2015, where we're, we're, we're just we're balls deep in phase two of the Marvel Studios film, and you and I are trying to decide if Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is the second best Marvel film at the time, or 1B. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think that's where the Batman's at. It's not clearly the yeah. second best one. I think it's it's right there neck and neck with the Dark Knight. Yeah, I agree with you. And the reason is, and this this is this is my uh, here's my hot take theory. 
For the second time, Warner Brothers has gone back to a 1995 thriller and stuck Batman into it. <laughs> the Dark Knight is essentially a remake of Heat. Yeah. They just swapped out De Niro <laughs> sure, sure. and, and uh, Pacino for Batman and the Joker. Similarly, this is this is seven. Yeah, yeah. Like they cop- Matt Reeves copies it and does a really good job with it. Now you alluded to this is the problem with the fucking Riddler. It's really hard to write that character. He's he's great in that he's the character that challenges Batman's mental acuity, but the, the double edged sort of that part of that is that he has to the, the riddles get labored really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a movie. It's not a TV show. You can't spend your time like, you know, doing wheels within wheels here. It's, and that's that it's three hours even. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta kind of, you gotta solve these things. Yeah. It's, some of them get a little weird. But you're, you're like, you're just de- at some point they're literally debating Spanish grammar. That's where we yes. got. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad for the the penguin just kind of like injecting some humor in there. It's like. Even I know the difference between L and La. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and it kind of like. Did you ever see the penguin being the uh, the champion of Latinx? Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Twenty two, everybody. Yeah, it was uh, it was good, and and you know clearly like intentional and like just just they they, they do that stuff. It, it that there was like an intensity in the right places too in the story. Like it was all dark and whatever, but you can tell when. Like Gordon is like, you know, I gotta solve this. People are dying. Like, you know, he's when he screams, "Open your eyes!" At Penguin, like people, like all the characters, kind of have their intense moments, and then they're kind of the normal level. Like, all the actors just played it well. Versus, I don't know. I feel like uh, sometimes in a Dark Knight, and this is kind of a Nolan, maybe more of a Nolan criticism. People are kind of just like the same tone all through, all the way throughout. Versus in this movie, I feel like there's an there's there's people kind of oscillate around things like when the when the the plot is starting to ratchet up and a lot of people are dying people are more upset or they're more intense or they they have more that they need to do you know catwoman always kind of goal oriented but when she finally catches the the dude that she thinks killed the Annika or whoever uh you know clearly much more intense much more upset they kind of work it out i don't know it just like felt like they were portrayed as better like closer to like a like people versus sometimes it's not that the nolan characters don't have that to some extent i mean clearly the dark knight's a great movie and it has great performances but it's it's just different it felt more lived in like all the characters felt more rounded out than than other batman films to me yeah the i appreciated that they they essentially just skipped batman begins in their soft reboot (laughs) <laughs> and they just kind of told you that it had been about two years of this. And yeah, the uh, I guess probably building on that thought, the aesthetic is wonderful. Yeah. It feels very much like Gotham. I, I will say I didn't love the Batmobile. Um, but mostly because I'm not sure it's any it's really that much better than Dom Toretto's car. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, I guess it has a bigger <laughs> nitrous boost, but that's about it. <laughs> So in that regard, it's kind of a step back. <laughs> I feel like everything about this Batman is like homegrown and overbuilt. Like it's it's not a it's not a gadget heavy Batmobile uh, or even the, no. the Bat costume. But like 
it'll take a beating and keep going. And like he like literally just beats the penguin's car down for a while there and like yeah, it goes really fast. I just like how when he when he started it up, it was just screaming there for like a solid 30 45 seconds. And I just felt I don't know, it just felt so good. I'm like, yeah. People this should be scared actually, of this I, thing. I want to get your opinion on it. I, I thought the toughness of him was really on display in this movie and the yeah. way that the fight scenes were conceived and shot. Um, he even had like a little port in his leg for an, for an adrenaline injection. Yes. Yes. And I had read <laughs> like that he they knew that at some point he would have to, like, he'd have to go a little harder than he probably could. Yeah. And his utility belt just looks like a police belt with like all the different mm-hmm. things. And like, he's just tough just tough a tough dude and robert pattinson you don't necessarily just as an actor as like his roles normally don't put him in a tough man kind of role but he like he's like between the the design and the the aesthetic of it and his portrayal like dude sold it um yeah it's like the i read that this how do you think he did overall i think his bruce wayne i don't know the the Bruce parts weren't weren't huge, like where he's just Bruce, you know, playing as that 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 character for himself for society. So I, I feel like that was maybe the weakest parts where you don't really get a sense of like what that character is supposed to be yet. Maybe in future installments we'll see more of like what he decides how he decides to use his Bruce Wayne persona for what ends. But it was it was. I think it was overall well done. Definitely tough as nails as a Batman. I like that he was quiet. Like, especially in the the beginning of the movie when they go into the mayor, the, the dead mayor kind of uh, crime scene. It's like cops everywhere, which also like, I guess there's a one or two scenes in Dark Knight where he's surrounded by cops or he's like at a crime scene, you know, doing stuff. But like, it felt different. It felt like, dude, this, like these cops could just tackle him and it could be over. They can unmask him in a second. And he knows it's, it, there is, it is tense. And so, like, yeah, you'd shut up. You would just, you would just quietly go about your work. <laughs> and I think he, he, he did it well without seeming like overly confident, but not, and not overly afraid either. I think he just like, he, he, he portrayed that complexity of what Batman could be in a lot of the different scenes. But that one in particular, I thought was really well done. I thought he was fine. And of course, hot. Uh, less Twitter get mad at me, <laughs> but um, it's uh, he's kind of. This is where I arrived at. He's kind of the Donovan Mitchell of Batman. He doesn't <laughs> elevate the material, but neither does he hurt it. Like yeah. he's he's okay. I, I I think a lot of it is is just the screen story. It's just that damn good. Could be, yeah. Which gets into I guess to a bigger question. I don't know who I think the best Batman actor is at this point. Um, you're right. Um, he he doesn't do the duality thing much, but I think the screen didn't spend much time with Bruce. Yeah, right. In, in some ways, this was Batman learning to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Which one of the things I realized during this three-hour Odyssey was that's kind of a pervasive theme within the Warner Brothers DC films in the 21st century, dating back to Batman Begins. They're very concerned with becoming heroes, which is very interesting and almost ironic because the DC comics on which they're based about they all have very very hardcore moral centers yeah there it's, it's the... it, 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 it speaks to that they've kind they don't understand the, the this uh this property they've purchased at all yeah they they lost the plot on like 
the characters are paragons that is that is the dc comics that that's that's the construction they're paragons and we're all supposed to live up to those heroes and i mean we've probably talked about this i don't know how many times on the podcast like they're they're supposed to be fully baked from the get-go like yeah you see an origin in flashbacks or whatever but like they're there and they're establishing that line whatever it is superman batman wonder woman there's no need yeah. for diana is an interesting exception I suppose Diana's all, Diana as Patty Jenkins can see has always been a heroine. She's she's got that with her. It's a she's almost like their T'Challa. She's yeah. kind of trying to figure out figure out what her role in the world should be. Yeah, but she's still that's she's her, to her principles. But yeah, she's trying to she's a you know fish out of water type of uh, type of story uh, element to it. But yeah, and you you make a great point that like somehow DC, the DC films have like found that they need to kind of have the character struggle with like their defining <laughs> philosophy with what make you right develop, <laughs> develop it it's like well that's more of a marvel thing and marvel does it in a very different way and i can't say it's been wholeheartedly successful but maybe the batman needed to do this to kind of get the batman of the of that world to this place maybe like in a meta way speak to like we're we're here now we don't need to we don't need to have a trilogy about how is batman batman like i think batman got it (laughs) in the one movie let's do some more in their defense if they're gonna go this way this time they finally get it right yeah like it's it's you know he he saves that guy on halloween right and he's terrified of batman yep this movie is very much of its of its time and it speaks to a lot of bit of what we're struggling with politically which is very interesting and i think again Something I haven't seen anyone talking about. It's not enough to be a counter-terrorist. And right. this, is the, this is this the epiphany Batman has in this film. You can't just beat up the bad guys to be, and that makes you the good guy. It's not enough. Two years just, of it just, and crime is up. Like, it didn't work. You're just the scariest shithead in the room. That doesn't make you a good person. It sure as hell doesn't make you a hero. Yeah. And if anything, it makes you a hero to the wrong kind of people. Yeah. Which brings us to the parlor version of the Riddler. <laughs> what, what did you think? Do you think it works? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it, it was creepy enough, but I, 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 I can't say for sure. I got, I got to see what, what they do with them going forward. I liked it. I, I thought that some of the mysteries, like, yeah, like we said earlier, were a little labored because Riddle's just, <laughs> they, they they just get harder doing these kind of mystery stories after a certain point. Yeah, like it all felt tightly constructed, which is good because that's what you want the Riddler to kind of have. And I, he was he was creepy enough. I mean, I think you maybe the Riddler is almost at least in the the usual portrayals that I see like not not creepy not creepy enough. Like the dude's a sociopath. Like he have you have to get the he can't just be like oh I love what people you know get caught in my puzzle traps. It's like that. That's hokey. Like you need to move away from the camp and kind of place him in a different spot. And I think they, the, you know, Paul Dano, I think was a inspired choice uh, as far as casting goes, but like, where does, where does it go from here in the, in the Scott Snyder? um, Yeah. Scott, not Zach, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of the Batman comics. uh, He's a pretty major villain uh, for a, a good part of the run. And, he kind of evolves over time to be more sinister and just kind of 
a harder, more gangster-like guy. We're still with the intelligence and the the, the craft, but in fact, the, the whole flooding Gotham is inspired by that that run. I don't know if the, the zero year part, ah, okay. part of that story they they ported that in. Um, uh, so I, I think you know I, I hope they bring it back. I hope it's not a one-off. I guess that's always the concern with some of these Batman movies is like the villains are one-off. You never see them again, but they're supposed to be part of this like rogues gallery. Thing will DC do it, well? It feels like there? Reeves was trying to almost reassure us that was not the case. Yes, exactly. Right. So I hope that they do justice into the character by having him involved in like less camp. Continue the the reduced camp going forward. I I, I loved it. Um, all great villains think they're the hero. Yeah. And this this guy and they they very much nailed both the story and performance with this guy. And I mean, he he won. At the end of the day, he got everything he wanted except for converting Batman to his side and killing Bruce Wayne, I guess, you know, two setbacks aside. The dude killed all the people he wanted to kill, <laughs> flooded Gotham. Like, yeah, he kind of won. But also was the impetus for Batman kind of becoming becoming Batman yeah. More, yeah. Than just, so he'll just, lose... more than just a, a thug and a cape. Right. He'll lose long term, uh, no doubt, but great start to a Batman world in, in notably improved ways compared to iterations past. I, I loved the screen story and the aesthetic. Um, the acting, I thought, for not just Pattinson, was kind of workmanlike. It was all pretty good. Everyone was well cast. The ones that I think that stood out are the ones I don't think anyone are talking about. Um, Colin Farrell is just yeah. a fantastic as the Penguin, but the one yeah. that really kind of blows my mind is John Turturro as as Falcone. <laughs> Did not know he had that in him. Yeah, he was low key scary <laughs> in ways that uh, you didn't think he could do necessarily. At least I, not me. Uh, you, I, I never doubted for a second that he was the puppet master the way that they had described him in the story it just made sense it was just yeah really well done yeah it's miles away from the guy we saw in transformers <laughs> yes or or big lebowski or like any yeah. of those like performances that you're used to seeing him do inspired outside of the box thinking with that casting yeah or maybe not i've been like well he's italian <laughs> <laughs> he's he available honestly, Let, let's do this yeah. he honestly didn't have enough it, like didn't have a lot of scenes so what he managed to do in terms of building out the, the, the myth and the ethos around that character enough. Uh, Cause even the, like the screenplay, like people were dismissing him left and right. Right. Like, like on purpose in the story uh, as, as like a major player and everybody thinks that at least maybe I shouldn't say everybody thinks I thought when they were looking for the rat, it's when you, when you're, when the stories, when the cops are looking for a rat, it's usually some sniveling, dude who's like sweating a lot in the corner not the guy who's like kind of the mobster kind of comfortable in his own shoes type person and then when the rat turns into what Falcone really is in the story it was just really well done and he the smoothness that that Torturo like delivered his his few lines and the the kind of the, the scariness kind of towards the end there before he died just yeah really good 
Yeah, it's very it's an understated performance, and I think that was the best way to play it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was very excellent. And I did not see it coming at all. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I thought they were saving him for for later on. I thought they were like gonna do a mob thing, you know, Riddler now, grittier no, are, mob but story. It, but, it, but they're setting up the penguin as his heir. Yes, right. But like you know, they always try to have the mob people in there because it, it grounds the whole universe and character some. And to have it just kind of come out of left field like that in the story, I thought, yeah, it was just. Inspired. Well, I think dating back at least till uh, year year one, back in the mid '80s, I think that was that's always been kind of the chronology was the the idea that, that Batman Batman changes change the nature of crime in Gotham, right? And this movie seems once again to play into that yeah. theme. Moving from the mob to the freaks. Yeah. But usually they they try to... Like, even in the Dark Knight, yes, freaks appear, but it's like the... I, I guess you're right. I guess even even in the Dark Knight, that is, that is kind of the transition, but I was just thinking like the... Oh, they, they hit you over the head with it. Yeah, they're, 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 they're... <laughs> you, they are You've changed wanna... things forever. Yeah, and they, but they always want to throw the mobsters in there to, to to enhance the realism, I feel like not not to intentionally speak to that aspect in a in a in a in a deep way. Just yeah, the you've changed things forever. We had to go get yeah. this lunatic in a in a in a in the the face paint over here. <laughs> it was already existing anyway, but like we had to go right. cut it, you know, sign an NDA with this guy to make sure he you know have some consulting fees to go deal with you. It's not the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the Batman is not just Nolan esque in a lot of ways. It's also somehow at the same time almost like a direct rebuttal to the the Snyder films. Yeah, because I mean, it, again, the, the having him go learning what it is, what what he needs to be to be to be Gotham's true savior. Uh, the Affleck version is is a complete one eighty from that. Oh yeah, but. I think I'm not not to shit on Snyder any more than we already have over the years, but I I think the the big problem there was that was a man who desperately wanted to make the Dark Knight Returns and probably Injustice, and he was asked to make Superman. Yep. And it was just it was a, and as a result we got Bat Dick versus Super Dick, all colon all the dicks. But <laughs> I just I, I thought that was really interesting. I, I've never. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, there are those that suggest the rise of Skywalker is also a a finger to its predecessors. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't. I I I somewhat think that's somewhat overstated because the fandom was so angry. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a really good movie. I, I and I I probably would have made more of an effort to go see it instead of waiting for like, oh yeah, it's on HBO Max <laughs> now. <laughs> if if the response had been more uh, in line with its virtuosity. But it really was to like like a lot of thirsty uh, fan art <laughs> of, of Zoe and Robert. It's interesting. I I didn't know that. I mean, I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But wow, okay. A large part of the fandom really does love Batcat, yeah. and this is finally the first movie where where we really got that. We got a little bit of that with Batman Returns back in '92, but this one really leaned into it hard. Yeah, you can tell almost that like she's probably gonna be. If they do a trilogy with this, she's going to be a major feature of all three films in some capacity. 
I feel like she might go away. She went away at the end of. This I one, almost but... wonder if they don't know because they left they left the door open for her to go solo too. Yeah, they could do that too. I mean, I guess it depends on how big their how grand their plans are, uh, for the the this version of the Bat Universe. <laughs> I suspect in Grand Warner Brothers tradition there is no plan. <laughs> what what there's just going to be like a bunch of guys who make a pitch and they'll just pick one random a binder full of magazine clippings. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> they should have her feature majorly in all three films as some kind of character having her own journey that maybe mirrors Batman's and maybe div- you know diverges from Batman's as they go to kind of maybe highlight similarities and differences in their philosophies that ultimately either you know dooms their relationship or maybe speaks to ways that they could grow together but like you know that would be an interesting change up from oh we throw catwoman in this one movie because it's interesting and then you know (laughs) goodbye and now she's a different person and it's terrible film they got this one right yeah lest lest i uh give them too hard of a time here this this was this was a really good movie I just sure. kind of surprised no one's talking about it. I'm also I'm trying to understand why Nirvana has become the official um, superhero soundtrack of the 2020s. But you have to like remix it or do something to it to kind of, you know, add some strings or have like a a 12 <laughs> yeah, year old girl sing the lyrics or some something. You got to do something to it. Yeah, that's. I guess it's just the the, the 90s vibe. That these these Batman movies yeah. in particular I have have as we were talking about earlier, <laughs> like I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe it's just like uh, all the major directors and stuff are Gen X now. <laughs> and that's like that is probably what uh, it is. Another you know major influence that is taking a while to finally bubble up to the surface. Yeah, because with with the Batman it. It, it does kind of they, they they wanted that grunge aesthetic so that i get it black widow is more like what <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a cool cover don't get me wrong yeah. but it's just like i don't what are we doing here <laughs> <laughs> really looking for the forward to the uh gritty limp biscuit uh <laughs> covers that they're gonna do oh in my god limp 10 biscuit. 20 years <laughs> <laughs> i felt old as a older than hell just the other day i just there's a that 90s show is in development i read about this and yeah. i was like that sounds insane and then i was like well it's been 25 years yeah that's not at all insane if anything they're a little late yeah <laughs> which is just oh my god I'm, I'm gonna have a tough time with that show <laughs> <laughs> even if it's good i'm gonna have a tough time with that show yeah, yeah. i hear you have you played elden ring I have not. I've I've read about it, seen clips. Uh, it's a Souls. It's from the same company from Soft that does the Souls games, uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, uh, etc. So I know it's gonna it's it's hard as hell. Uh, but I have not played it myself. I just you know, parent of a toddler, just not enough time to like okay. sink, you know, forty fifty hours into something like that, but. I'm just curious. Uh, Very wrongly received. Yeah, all the rage. It definitely that 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 publisher has been that that studio has been kind of making better and better iterations of this kind of formula, and they 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 went open world with Elden Ring, and it's just done gangbusters for them. 
more so than in the past. It's just been like, uh, yeah, kudos. I mean, they seem to have nailed it despite it being hard as shit. <laughs> but there's, you know, group of folks that's they're, they're cool with that. It's not a problem. They've been cool with it for for years and years and years since the PS3 days. At least, I mean, FromSoft has been making games before that, but the Souls games started, I think, in the PS3 era. I would have guessed it was older, actually, but maybe not. I mean, they've they've made other other games prior to those, but that that particular kind of formula, I think they they hit it uh, early PS3, early to mid PS3. Wow. Okay. PS360 time frame. For some reason, in my, in my head, I had them as a PS2 era kind of thing. I'm sure they made them. I can't think of any other the games that they made at that time off the top of my head, but um, they they're a much older publisher than that for sure. It's, it's just been a while, and I don't I don't follow it that closely. My own tastes are, pretty, are kind of gamer adjacent, just due to timing, like like you were saying. But but it, I, just, I I've seen it all over the damn place. So we are, gosh, we have we have Doctor Strange coming up here in, in a week, right? Yeah, I was just seeing a tweet like the 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 Marvel marketing machine. They're they're doing the countdowns now. Five days. Yeah. Total multiverse of madness. I will probably go see that in the theaters. I may. I don't know. Uh, yeah. With an unvaccinated kid here, thanks FDA. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's tough. I you know, but I I recently uh, came to the realization. I don't know why it took me this long, but uh, drive-in theaters are still a thing, and you can stay in the safety of your car with the windows up and and watch a film. Maybe not be ideal compared to sitting in a theater, but you know, for a movie that's you know only out in theaters, it might be a way to go. So I might I might do something like that. Oh. I, I I assume they were dead. I, I a revival seems like uh would be very much in the docket. Yeah, Austin's got the the blue light, blue starlight. I think is the name of the company that runs them. They got like three or four locations in in and around Austin now. Wow. So I think That's they, the pandemic. Cool. I think the pandemic might have helped them a little bit in terms of the the business model and delivery. One more thing. So, yeah. And normally they would do like you know older stuff, but they do first run movies in one of the locations uh, here in downtown Austin. So I don't live too far away from there. So. It, it's tough because with that, because so much of that business model is based on concessions. Yeah, yeah. And there's just no reason why you wouldn't just bring the shit with you to eat. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> yeah. But I would guess I would think that the solution is just to charge more for the ticket. You'd think, right? I mean, but and was given like if you're really you know, conscientious of the air you're sharing with other people these days. It's a, it's a good alternative. <laughs> Invest in fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I mean, the I don't know if you saw the the latest uh, tease they put out on social media, like uh, you know Professor X in the yellow hover chair, like clear as day. It's it's happening. Dot gif. Uh, oh, I thought I did see that, but I th- I thought it was like a bad Photoshop job. <laughs> no, like he. I mean, that, I know it's happening, but I didn't think it yeah. was like happening in the hover chair. Yeah, they 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 finally posted the promo on YouTube and stuff, and uh, Captain Carter, almost certainly. I mean, the shield was there, back turned, so you can't see their face. But I mean, it's, oh, it's that's cool. I, I missed I missed that. Um. The news that I heard, the the rumor that I think probably is no longer a rumor at this point, just had unannounced Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. I've seen that floating around. Uh, maybe? I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't hate it. 
Yeah, let's show it to me. I want to see it. I want to see the, I want to see the look. I want to see the portrayal, the performance, even if it's like ten seconds. I don't know why we're going to Harry Potter for superhero films. <laughs> why is right, every well, actually, just, American yeah. hero British? I don't <laughs> but that's that's well, been they were a Australian there for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope this movie's not too busy. Yeah, and it, it's like. Uh, not that it matters really that much, but uh, I know it has a shorter runtime than some people expected. So it makes you think just how many how many multiversal uh, shifts and and you know kind of different parallel storylines are we gonna have to follow here to for it to make sense? Uh, it does make me wonder. It might be too busy. Yeah, so sometimes they just get to the point, and that's okay with those sort of rough times, but. It it got at least at least in the advertising they're trying to sell it like a, as a Wanda movie as well, yeah. And then they're bringing in like just oodles and oodles of characters from across the multiverse. Now that being said, in their defense, they just pulled this off as we discussed not half an hour ago in Spider Man. So I should probably just shut the hell up and let them do their thing. But yeah, they made it work with uh, you know five or six uh, Spider Man villains and three spiders Spider Men. Uh, and Doctor Strange <laughs> with mm-hmm. a little bit of Wong sprinkled in uh, and the Spider-Man casts. Uh, I don't know. I guess, yeah, we'll see. It just, uh, it seems like it might be asking them a lot to, to to pull that trick off twice in a row, but yeah, don't don't know. Really pumped for Thor 4 too. Yeah. If, I, I, I know this is a deep pull, but it would be, it would be great if they had four Thors at some point. <laughs> Uh, just uh, you know, shout out to Mike yeah. and Chris Traub. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 super excited, super excited for that one for any number of reasons. I can't think of what the next one of the docket is after those two. That's a good question. But I feel like there is something in the fall. Otherwise, Batman would have come out then. Yeah, and they just flip they just flip flopped uh, two for next year because like the. Uh, the Marvels, the Captain Marvel two and Ant Man three, switched their uh, release dates. So like Ant Man is now earlier than the Marvels. There, I thought they thought it's three. It's basically three films a year, right? So uh, there's got to be something else coming out. Oh yeah, it's Wakanda Forever. Oh, Black Panther in November. Okay. Which that one? I mean, I feel like I don't know. There's. That has got a it, it, like multiverse of madness. Another Thor extension that adds more gods and stuff. Even all the stuff that they've been doing with Moon Knight, I feel like the biggest challenge Marvel has this year is what to do with that property with the Black Panther part of the MCU. I know all the actors and the director and everybody said that they've they've they they came back because in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's death, like the story that they've put together is somehow like all gonna it's just great it's it's perfect it's what they it really honors you know the 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 actor and the character but i just i don't know it just seems really really challenging so whatever they they've got going on that may be the most the hardest thing marvel pulls off this year if they do it's hard to um criticize them for the uh the intent of trying to retire the character as a testament to that guy, but I I, I almost wonder if T'Challa is bigger than Chadwick, and if that was a mistake. I, I yeah. hope that doesn't make me sound cold or anything, but I part of me wonders if if the actor would have wanted that. Yeah, Wakanda and 
Black Panther and everything about that part of the MCU before Chadwick Boseman passed away, like I thought that was going to be just like this major, huge new fertile ground for all this storytelling and like world building that they could do. And I'm sure they'll still do that, but if it all felt when they said that they weren't going to recast him, like fraught, like all of a sudden is that challenging their ability to really expand on this in a really big way? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we just, we just got to see it. And lately with the way that they're doing things, like we didn't get a Thor four trailer until, you know, basically a couple of months before it came out. It'll be a while still before we get a trailer for Wakanda forever. They're probably gonna hold on to it for a bit. And it's like, well, okay. But I mean, I, I'm just really curious to see what they've, what they've done. Yeah. They didn't make it easy on themselves. Nah. There, there's no question of that and I just that demographic is just so underserved I, I really you know if, if, if there's a bad Spider-Man film you know it's like well that sucks and then you move on <laughs> yeah the, the, the stakes are somehow higher with this character so I really hope they don't this is not one of their rear misses yeah so I mean everybody involved with the project says they nailed it I, they know it better than anybody so I, I mean I'm excited to see it but at the same time I am a little kind of just as a fan, trepidatious about it because I was like, what is this going to be? <laughs> but that's, that's your third Marvel film for the year. Cool. And Moon Knight's about to wrap up next week. I don't know how they're going <laughs> to... How they're going to nail it on <laughs> one more episode that's apparently only 45 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave that for next time. There, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with Moon Knight. And hopefully oh, yeah. you can catch up on Picard's too. Um, which I'd is like also to... getting, ready to, getting ready to wrap. Uh, did are you caught up on Attack of Titan before we go? Uh, no, I have the okay. the part two of the final season. I've yet to watch the. Uh, okay, I think it's part two or part three. I forget. Whatever the the most part recent... three comes. The I don't know how you have three part final season. Come on, goddammit. Yeah. Um. What do you DC? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's twenty twenty three. So okay. Yeah. So I've seen. Uh, within the narrative, what's happened? One. Uh, they are, they already started the war with Marley. They they've captured uh, Zeke, and they have some of the Marleans kind of that defected to the Paradis people. Okay. But Aaron's saying, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know end the world," and everybody's like, "Really, bro? That sounds pretty okay. It okay. sounds pretty edgy." And that kind of ended there. Like the end that that was part one or whatever of the final season is okay. So there, I think that ends with Aaron securing the founding Titan. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, then I can't ask my question, so never mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I will say that show is like like a lot of Japanese stories. Very. Uh, it's just it's such a bizarre premise, but it tells very compelling stories with it. Yeah. yeah. Anime man. It does a. You'll anime you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy the, the the next part of the season. It's still very good, and it's in cool. some ways it's the, it's the most Attack on Titan of all. <laughs> That's one of the most intense stories of the last. I don't know how many years. Uh, it's just it's just intense, top to bottom. Like I I don't know. Like uh, it's it's right up there with uh, a lot of other stuff uh, in popular culture. I think Demon Slayer seems to be very popular. Oh yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah, I'm caught up on that. Uh, there was there was a there was a scene in the most recent season of Demon Slayer where like. Dudes are just going at it. I won't spoil it. They're just they're just going at it, and I'm just I was just sitting there screaming with them 
like watching on the treadmill. I'm just like sitting there screaming. <laughs> so I'm on the treadmill uh, just because like the stakes, they just keep they just keep ratcheting it up on that show uh, in a way that uh, it's very personal to all the characters in addition to whatever the, the more broad stakes are. Uh, it's very relatable at the same time. Just, yeah, another really great anime series. Yeah, that appears to be, to be, to be the big one that's that's crushing here outside of the you know the uh, the old stalwarts was my uh, observation soccer con this year so i'll be right. adding that to my, my queue um yeah because all, all the stuff i'm watching right now is ending uh we got the outlander finale today oh okay and uh as you said um amuna and picard will be wrapping up this uh this week too just in time for uh the multiverse madness <laughs> indeed well we got through a lot of the stuff i want to talk about but <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense though. Those those two films had had a lot to uh, had a, had a lot to unpack. Yeah. And especially in the case of the Batman, I was very puzzled that we people weren't even more enthralled by it than they were. Yeah, it's I mean, weird. Sometimes the audience is just that thirsty. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I saw a lot of complaining about the runtime. I mean, it just didn't bother me. I mean, I I, I knew about it going in, so I was like, oh, this is taking a while to get to get going but then at, i mean at some point it just yeah didn't matter so i think that probably is the only real um critique you can throw at it is it it's got some pacing issues sure but man uh what are you guys talking about uh on the next uh comic script oh well we uh we made a special announcement that'll end the last episode of the podcast uh comic script uh we're we're capping it off at 50 so 50th oh. episode is the one coming up on uh, may 18th and we're closing up shop. We've we just you know the 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 grind of getting the books read and the show produced. Uh, we've got other stuff we want to do, so we we thought it was a good time to to put the the podcast to rest. So one more episode of Comic Stripped. Uh, we're going to read Young Avengers and the oh, Nice okay. House on the Lake, and uh, that's a uh, James <laughs> Tinian the Fourth kind of horror thing that came out recently. Yeah, and then well, you know, we we say on the show like that we started it to kind of goad ourselves to read more comics, and like we've got that already kind of built in, and there's so many other comics to read, and that trying to stay locked into reading and then talking about the ones we want to talk about on the show just kind of got in the way of other stuff and engaging with media the way we kind of want to start doing it. So it was just you know four years and change into it. It was probably time to just kind of wrap it up so yeah one more episode episode 50 uh that's what we'll be reading and then we'll call it done well well rest well comic script it's it's uh, well earned before i let you go what's the one you kind of that you're most bummed you did you didn't get to oh man is there just one or probably, probably there's several probably, there's several there's several i'm bummed that uh warren ellis's past got like happened problematic uh, at all to all the people that are his that are his uh, victims uh but then also that uh as a result of all that we couldn't really talk about more of his work because i think uh joe likes sci-fi stuff and she likes you know various different comics and i think it would have been cool to talk about other stuff that he's done like uh you know plantary for example uh, uh that's where my mind was immediately when you mentioned him i, yeah. I kind of feel like that's his magnum opus yeah it's one of my favorite comics ever and it just tainted by all the other stuff and like we just not a, not a good you know creator to highlight right now uh or that you know throughout the the history of the the podcast 
<laughs> Netflix would disagree with you. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Castlevania forever. Yeah. You know, we didn't. <laughs> we did a little bit of Daredevil. We did. Um, we did. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on the Born Again? We did Born Again, but uh, it would have been cool to do some of the more like more recent runs of so stuff. Long. That would have been yeah, challenging. Yeah, they are long. They are very long. But like even a Mark Wade uh, Daredevil would have been fun. Ah. Would have been fun romp. Maybe those just off the top of my head, but I'm probably missing like several like other sure. ones. And just it was uh, what I'm looking forward to kind of kind of coming out of the podcast is like reading even more of the stuff images got going out because like every time we dip into like what do they got going like even just a trade like trades that they're coming out with of stuff that they've been doing for a while. There's always some interesting stuff there. It's kind of like just crazy. And there's there's other like uh, the independent stuff. Uh, this guy, uh, who I think he's going to start writing Batman soon. His name is Rom V. He, we read this thing for the last episode of the podcast, uh, uh, the Savage Shores. Like that dude's, that dude's doing just does some interesting stuff. He does like almost not, not as wordy because he's he's writing today and he's not writing back in the in, in the eighties or whatever. Like, but like almost Alan Moorish style, like like oh. characters writing letters to each other and like setting up all kinds of stuff and then like really moody stories. That's cool. I, I heard we were talking about this in an earlier episode of Full of Sun of Fury, probably several years ago now, where I was wondering if that style would, would ever make a comeback. He's kind of got a little bit of that Watchmen style, like black, uh, yeah. whatever the, the name of that. Because that was thing. comics for so long. Yeah, he's he's kind of doing that a little bit. And I just saw the other day that DC's putting him on Detective Comics. I'm like, I think this could really work. Yeah, just there's there's just so much out there that like that. Just exploring that more is one thing, kind of more generally, that was always really cool about the podcast. But we could only really do a certain number per month and just like yeah. getting the, the episodes done. And like now I feel like the it's much wider fields that we can just go read and do kind of on our own. And unfortunately, we won't be able to like kind of put, you know, our experiences out for, for folks, but it's uh, it's the right call. So, yeah. Yeah. Free yourself up to read more. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully this will you'll give you some amount of sucker. One of the things I have on this giant sheet of, of future things to talk about is we are on the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. And that has not gone unnoticed by myself, so I was definitely going to like talk to you guys about that. Yeah, it sounds great. I'll probably try to make a, a list maybe of some of my favorites because I just, yeah, I've I really come to appreciate more of what they do over the last few years uh, since I've been doing comic strip uh <laughs> They've reinvented themselves many times <laughs> over the years. <laughs> to great success. And, I mean, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, the Walking Dead is what everyone holds up as their uh, as their great shining success. Um, and sure. maybe someday it will finally die. I don't care about <laughs> it anymore because it's not that good. But <laughs> but Image Comics, very good overall. Yeah. Saga's and due to come back anytime now, so that's gonna. What, what that's that that'll be the thing. At some point, someone is going to make that, and I think it'll be Game of Thrones big. No doubt, if they do it right, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean that's the only concern is they give it to you know Zack Snyder, or Michael Bay, and they just completely miss the, <laughs> miss the goddamn concept completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine blender shots and Saga? <laughs> Ugh. Eric Rodriguez, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, sir. As always, it was fun. It had been a long, been, been too long. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
I have been Cyrus Mortazavi of Brooklyn, Washington, and this has been Full of Sound and Fury. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sound and Fury podcast are available at fullofsoundandfurypodcast.com or by subscription to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. This has been a Great Source Studios production, copyright 2022.